Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be back here with you today. Thank you for joining me, for tuning in, and coming back for some more of this long and winding road that I call my crazy life. Oh, it's as I record this, it is Monday morning, Monday the 9th of May. And it's gorgeous and sunny out, but what is really important about this Monday morning is that I have one week until I close on my house. Just one week. There's so much to do, and yet I can't do it all at once, or I will be sitting on a mattress on the floor with nothing but a bowl of cat food and one confused feline. (laughs) So it's like planning the timing of an elaborate meal. Everything must be done just at the right time to all come out together in the end. That is what the experience of closing up a house and not having any place to go to afterwards is like for me. For some reason, I just got that song in my head by Asleep at the Wheel. Do you know them? They are a a funny old country band. And there's a song about an inmate on death row and how he's trying to eke out his last meal because the warden said he could have a last meal and that he didn't have to go until they gave it to him. So he's like, oh yeah, awesome. So he comes up with all this food that would never be able to be found. Like, give me two dinosaur, eggs over easy, fried in butter and not too greasy, mosquito knees and black eyed peas and a barbecued brick of chocolate ice cream. (laughs) So all these things, I don't know, why, what? That's what happens to me. Crazy songs just pop into my head and then I have to trace back what is the origin of that connection. Anyway, (laughs) there's no, it just, yeah, it's impulse. It just comes. I can't tell you. That was a strange side jog. Okay, anyway, so it's the start of the week. One more week. No procrastinating this Monday morning. There's much to do. But at the same time, I'm taking my time in some ways. I will get it all done, but all in good time, my little pretty all in good time. I consulted my tarot this morning, which I I don't have any regular routine for. Maybe I will develop that, but I just pull it out when I need some confirmation or I have a question and just need to get some direction. So my question this morning was, what must I know to be my most productive self this week? And the card that I pulled was Judgment. I pulled three cards actually, but Judgment came up as my first card. I have this beautiful tarot deck that's made by a company called Usi, U-U-S-I, 
and it is a tarot deck that is based in all of the beautiful imagery of the natural world. So all of the humans in it are dressed in these cloaks and clothing that are made of leaves and branches and oh, it's so glorious and gorgeous. And the imagery is just pagan and beautiful and it inspires me. So I pulled the judgment card and it is an angel who's blowing a trumpet down upon some humans that are naked and coming out from looks like crypts and things. And judgment is generally a, a card of summing up, which is exactly what I'm doing this week, right? The words associated with this card were rebirth, absolution, and understanding. I'm going to read you the whole thing because I find it really interesting and apt. Coming before the last card in the Major Arcana is judgment. It is here that we fully meet ourselves. We come face to face with the mistakes of our journeys and our limitations, and either we open ourselves up to and acknowledge them by seeking forgiveness and enlightenment, either from ourselves or others, so that we can move on with a renewed sense of self and purpose, or we can shut the door, put our fists up in defiance, and remain frozen inside a lonely, unchanging tomb destined for oblivion. Wow, those are two radically different choices, right? One path gives us a second act, and the other lowers the curtain. One reconnects us to the world, and the other takes us far from it. Judgment is not unique to humanity. Life has checked and then checked itself again since the beginning of time. It is the way the universe feeds the whole, not just the individual. And that is the purpose of the judgment card, to reconnect us to the life-giving whole. So I took this to mean that this is a time of summing up of assessing the triumphs and failures that brought me to this moment. And what I took from this is that I should go forward very consciously, not mechanically plodding through the tasks that remain, but thoughtfully proceeding through even the most basic. This is the last week that I will be in a home of my own for the foreseeable future. Linger, appreciate, remember, and then gently let go. I sold my bed, so there's a definite end stop <laughs> that is approaching. But it doesn't have to be a stressful avalanche of frantic tasks. It can be meditative. I am going to strive to make it so. I have a week. In less than a week, my son turns 30. This huge milestone for him is muddled up with this big ending for me. So I'm striving not to cast any shadow over his big day of passage into a new decade. And I'm very proud of the huge strides that he has taken toward independence ever since he secured his new home. One of those was his declaration that his birthday night would be spent in his new home in the company of his friends, and that he would be the host and organizer of his own 30th birthday party. That's huge! Because it has always been me who is the one who says, hey, there's this big thing coming up. Let's celebrate this important day. And here's what we're doing. I'm so impressed that he quietly took that mantle onto his own shoulders. He's like that. Just when you think you've got him pegged, you find out that something new has been percolating in the background and that he was just waiting to let this new phase bloom when it was properly ready. He has done this throughout his life, so I don't know why it should surprise me now, but it still does. 
I hope to return from my odyssey to find him happily ensconced in his comfortable life with his three cats and some new and wonderful woman who is even now strolling down the road to meet him. She will have just enough fire to add some adventure to his life, but also a deep well of patience and a magma layer of passion that will be just for him to see. He will conjure her out of his future. I know it. She will be the version of his big sister that delights him and doesn't exasperate him with too many wild whims. <laughs> In the spring of 1992, we were preparing to greet him for the first time and none with more gleeful anticipation than that big sister, Savannah. Ever since discovering that it would be a brother that we'd be bringing home, we could talk about him with her in very concrete ways and prepare her as best we could for the big changes that lay ahead. She went with me to all of the subsequent sonograms, and she sat wide-eyed in fascination as the doctor pointed out the growing fetus. She wanted to know everything about it and how it felt, and she came out with hilarious observations to visiting friends like, Mom has a baby in her tummy, but I only have lunch in my tummy. <laughs> she drew pictures of what she called baby brother, with a V, baby brother, and she included him in all the family drawings. Our little family, we had some shuffling to do in our house as well in order to prepare for our family to be four instead of three. Our little house was very small, and it had just two bedrooms upstairs, but a large, what would probably be a walk-in closet for the second bedroom that was much smaller. So there was a, sort of a master bedroom that faced out onto the front of the house, and it had a big closet across one wall. And then there was a smaller bedroom, but it had this larger attached closet, but it, a closet that had a window in it. So... We decided to change rooms with Savannah and give her the master bedroom and then to put a crib in that room in anticipation of the two kids sharing that room at some point down the road. But at first, Dave and I moved our queen-size bed into this much smaller room, so there was really nothing in it but the queen-size bed. And then we used the walk-in closet to put the cradle in for the new baby. And I observed to Dave, I was like, oh, it makes me sad that he's sleeping in the closet. <laughs> and Dave said, no, dear, we store our clothes in the nursery. So I was like, okay, I guess it's all in how you look at it. <laughs> I was doing everything I could to anticipate how we were all going to fit in there. And I was madly putting away things in boxes that I thought, oh, we're not going to use this for the next couple of years. Things of hours or of savannas that were temporary things or seasonal things. I was putting all this storage in our little tiny basement. And then I was even getting the vegetable garden ready because I was like, we want a vegetable garden. Of course we do. And you know, and here I was going to have an infant and a three-year-old who has time for that. But I had these goals in my head that had to get done. And then the last hurdle was to figure out what we wanted to name this new little guy. Dave's family names, like last names, included many good strong male names like Alexander and Griffin. And Dave's beloved grandfather had been named John, John Griffin, as my brother was also named John. But I didn't want to name the new baby after my dad, who was also named John. So we weren't going to do John. I threw in a couple of curveballs that I proposed, names like Forest, 
because I was like, hey, we could name him after a crayon color, Forest Green. <laughs> and that was vetoed, obviously. But even though I love the name Forest, I think it's a cool name. But then I started calling him Indiana because Indiana Jones is awesome. And who wouldn't want to be Indiana Jones? But also because the baby was in Diana. Oh, yes, I'm the queen of terrible puns. My kids will tell you, terrible puns up the wazoo. Finally, we thought we had settled on the name Griffin Alexander Green until we realized that his monogram towels would say gag and that wouldn't work at all. <laughs> yes, these are weird things that you think of when you're a parent and you're trying to pick a name. In the end, we chose Dakota. In Sioux, it means friend and we hoped that he and Savannah would be the best of friends forever. When we told Nana, she said, oh no, not another place name. But in the end, she loved it as she grew to love the little person associated with that name. And I will tell you all about his arrival next time. Hope you'll join me then. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.